Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. Well, Jesus never asks an innocent question. Whenever Jesus asks a question, look out. You're ready to duck. Because we will not get away unchanged. So Jesus and the disciples are walking along and it's a uh, hot, sunny Saturday afternoon. It's the Sabbath. They're walking through a wheat field. And as they walk, the disciples are just reaching down to the heads of grain and, and rubbing off the chaff and popping those grains in their mouths. And of course, as we might expect, the church bureaucrats are there. They want to make sure that they're not doing anything that they don't agree with. And so the, uh, the denominational bureaucrats up from Jerusalem, trailing behind them, who are looking for something to get Jesus with, confront Jesus and his disciples. Hear the word of God as it comes to us from the book of Mark. One Sabbath day as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Jesus said to them, haven't you ever read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God during the days when Abiathar was high priest and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests were allowed to eat. He also gave some to his companions. And Jesus said to them, Sabbath was made to meet people's needs, not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even over the Sabbath. Jesus went into the synagogue again, again and noticed a man with a deformed hand. Since it was the Sabbath, Jesus' enemies watched him closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the deformed hand, Come and stand in front of everyone. And he turned to his critics and asked, Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath? Or is it, or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or destroy it? But they wouldn't answer him. He looked around at them angrily. as He was deeply saddened by their hard hearts. And he said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand, and it was restored. At once, the Pharisees went away and met with the supporters of Herod to plot how to kill Jesus. And God added his understanding to this hearing of his word. When I was a kid, maybe like many of you, I both hated and loved Sundays. I hated Sunday because we had to go to church. 
And um, yes, I was one of those, like many of you, dragged to church by my parents and um, did the little clip-on tie thing and put a dime in the envelope and, and all of that, which is so common to many of you. And then after church, and especially as I was older, into junior high and senior high, that's when I began to rebel and I'd go to church with a cut-off sweatshirt on and, and uh, wear jeans to church and that sort of thing, just to show up all those hypocrites that had shown up in church. And then after church, um, it was a chance to get out to Riverside City College and play basketball. Or, or out to River, University of California, Riverside, and play. And um, oftentimes as a family, we'd go to this place called Fedco, which was an ancient equivalent of Costco. And, but it was, it was great. I, I remember coming home and how good it felt to get Sunday clothes off and put on those Sunday afternoon clothes. And I didn't even think about the nature of what I did on a, on a Sunday, the Christian Sabbath. Didn't even think about it. But this I did. I did two things that constituted, without my knowing it, honoring the Sabbath. I worshiped, went to church, and I enjoyed the day. The day is a gift. The day is a gift to us. It is the day that we are to worship God, thank God, demonstrate to God what a wonderful God He is in our worship of Him, and then to enjoy the day. It is a day for us. It's a free day. And, and as a kid, that's what I did. Growing up, then of course in, the, in church, my day starts at about, on Sunday, about between 4 and 5 in the morning, and it's unstopped until about 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, depending on how things go. But I have an exemption because I'm a pastor. <laughs> and and um, in the balance of the day, I try, to, I try to do like I did when I was a kid. Enjoy the day. It is a gift. It's a gift. So the disciples, as they're moving through the grain fields, they're simply walking along and talking and enjoying the day, and, and they're grabbing those few grains off of the heads of wheat. And I can imagine rubbing it together just like this and having the chaff fall off and getting enough of it to fall off and shaking it down and then popping those grains in their mouth. You can imagine how that was. And then in come the Pharisees. Here they come. They're watching. They're waiting. They're scavenging for anything negative whatsoever. It is a culture that is deeply and profoundly polarized over the reality of who Jesus is. Jesus comes in, comes on the scene, and he is by his message and by his method of caring for people, healing people, a threat to the religious establishment, a threat to their power. And as our text reminds us, these Pharisees are associated with Herod, who is a puppet of Rome. 
So once again, whenever a religious institution becomes associated with worldly power, governmental power, it is the, it is the wide open avenue for all kinds of corruption to take place. And so they are watching, they're, they're waiting for him to do something wrong, and they confront him. They confront him about his disciples. And, and Jesus knows it. They follow him. Jesus goes to the synagogue. And the Pharisees are watching because they know, perhaps, that there is this guy in that synagogue who's got the withered hand. I want to see what he'll do. Just see what he's going to do. You know, every church has someone with exceptional need. And somehow a church is not really a church if we don't have that kind of person in our midst. Someone with exceptional need. And it always is a challenge for us to to try to figure out how do, we, how do we help? What can we do? How can we address this person's need? It's always the challenge of the church. And for the synagogue, it was the same thing. Here's this man in their midst with the withered hand. And so when Jesus comes in, all eyes are on him and on that man. What's he going to do? It's the Sabbath. So Jesus calls on him. Fred, come on up. Right here. Right in front of everyone. I want you to pull the robe off your arm. I want everyone to see your hand. And he heals him. Heals him. And the Pharisees go nuts. And Jesus says, okay, it's the Lord's day, it's the Sabbath. Is it right on the Sabbath to do good or evil? Is it right on the Sabbath to kill or heal? Well, Pharisees are caught by the question that Jesus asks. And because they are caught, because Jesus manages to put them in a place where they have nothing to say and they have no way to answer, they look for a way to kill him. To kill him. You know, ideology divides. The Pharisees had reduced this great commandment of God about remembering the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The, the commandment that says, don't work on this day. This is a day for you. This is a day for you and your family. This is a day to remember that the Father made this whole thing in six days and, and God rested on the seventh. He paused. He stopped. So anyone in your household, let them, don't make them do work. Let them enjoy the day. Let them have the day. That's the commandment. That's the, the gift of God. And your cattle. Don't make them work. Don't make them pull your cart or anything like that. Even your cattle. 
I went to a conference when I was a kid, and the pastor who was preaching told us about an article in the San Francisco, San Francisco Chronicle. It said the zoo in San Francisco was watching the animals and noticed that the animals themselves would hide one day in seven. <laughs> they would take their own Sabbath. They would take a break. They didn't want to be on display. They would hide out one day in seven. Something about the gift of God that taps deep into who we are. And it is, it's a gift. And how do we take a gift of God and turn it into a stupid law? How do we take something like that and make it something about which we can become divided? Except that we trivialize it by building around it this entire framework of ideology. So the, the Jewish theologians took this on and they came up with one way after another in which you could violate the Sabbath. You weren't supposed to do this, you couldn't do that. All these things that you can't do, all these things that you might enjoy doing, but you can't do them on the Sabbath. And they were watching, they were policing, just to make sure. It's a reminder of our own time. We discussed it some this past Wednesday in our Issues Hour. So much ideology is dividing. Because ideology doesn't go deep enough. Mere ideology is the framework around which we form our opinions and around which we tribalize our lives. I mean, I read recently where it would be more acceptable in our time for one to marry somebody of a different race than for a Republican to marry a Democrat. <laughs> the tribal aspect of our, of our time is directly associated with ideology. An ideology that becomes a castle in the air. It doesn't, it doesn't have any substance. There's no root doesn't tap deep enough into the reality that we have been made in the image and likeness of God and when God gives us his commandments these are gifts to us. These are gifts to be enjoyed and to be shared. But ideology divides and you can through your own thinking come up with multiple examples of what's going on in our time all we have to do is watch the State of the Union address or watch one of the confirmation hearings and we see this division, this painful division. From what I understand, our own Rick Scott is up there frustrated because nothing's getting done except arguments based on ideology. Ideology is fine, but it's shallow. 
It doesn't go deep. It doesn't, doesn't tap into the reality of our spiritual lives. So Jesus, walking through the field with the disciples, the Pharisees lurking behind. And what are they doing? They're enjoying the day. They're enjoying the gift of food. They're enjoying one another with all kinds of banter and laughter. And somehow it doesn't fit. It doesn't conform. And so they get attacked. And then Jesus goes to the temple. And this man who's really hurting, deeply hurting, has this affliction. And once again, the Pharisees are watching to see if he will violate their ideology, which he does. And so in response, they're out to get him. If we understood this at a spiritual level, then we would see things entirely differently. How God loves us demonstrates his demonstration of his love for us is that he took on human flesh. Jesus also got hungry. We don't know, it wasn't said, that whether or not he took some of those grains, but in all likelihood he did. Because he was hungry along with everyone else. And Jesus understands the afflictions of the body. And he has compassion. He cares. And so he heals. And he demonstrates the dignity of the other by acknowledging that their pain really matters. Even something as shallow as a growling stomach matters to our God. And so when we look at these stories and we look at the question that Jesus asks, is it on the Sabbath, can we do good or evil? <laughs> And he, he drives us to look deep, to go below the surface, to get down below our, our passing mists of thought and ideology, and go to the real stuff. And what is the real stuff in this story? But the dignity of the human person and the love of God for us, whether we're hungry or thirsty, or whether we need clothing or we need help. A bunch of our people went up to Mission Peniel on Friday. I chatted briefly with Linda on the way in. She said it was great, wonderful time, over 500 meals served to people who were up there. I met Miguel on Thursday and we loaded up the cart with 800 pounds of rice and beans. They hauled up there to feed these people. We didn't take an ideological test up to Immokalee with us. We didn't ask anyone if they were legal or not. What we wanted to know was, did they have an empty stomach? Were they hungry? Were they naked? Were they imprisoned? Were they needing help? The only criterion 
that God's children need is the reality of human need. And we leave our opinions, political, ideological, or otherwise, we leave that behind. And then we go face to face. And when we go face to face with a brother and sister in need, Jesus assures us we are face to face with him. Will you bow with me in prayer? Lord, you have given us a high calling. You have given us occasions in which we have deep and abiding anguish over the realities of what we see. And so, Lord, may we embrace the truth of your presence, your love, your compassion. And Lord, the, the truth that all flesh are created in the image and likeness of the Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And just one word before we go to our closing hymn. This hymn was written by James Russell Lowell, I believe in 1846. And he wrote it in in a moment of white hot anger over the reality of slavery. This is an abolitionist hymn. Now it's a hymn that they couldn't clean up because of the opening line, once to every man and nation. So a lot of the mainline churches have taken it out of their hymn book because they couldn't, it didn't fit their ideology. But the ideology of affirming the reality of the human person and the dignity of all flesh is herewith affirmed. Let's sing to our Lord together. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.